This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hey, friends. Bob here. Long time no talk. I wish I was coming to you today with some windfall updates, but the truth is we're still not ready to put season two out yet. Way back in 2018, when we recorded the first season of the show, we were living in a completely different world. We were able to bring our core cast together over the course of a whirlwind week to record all 10 episodes inside our home studio. It was a wonderful experience I wouldn't trade for the world. Something we all still look back fondly on is voiceover summer camp. It isn't an exaggeration to say that that week changed my entire life. I left a job I hated, abandoned plans to pursue my MFA in speculative fiction writing, and went full steam ahead into this whole fiction podcasting thing. It's been a wild ride, to say the least, and I'm so grateful for everywhere it's taken me in the intervening years. That being said, it should be a surprise to no one that when it came time to record season two, we had to pivot. We canceled our plans for voiceover summer camp 2020, we bought enough USB microphones to equip our entire cast, and we got to work, recording over several months after the completion of our Indiegogo campaign in 2021 in small group Zoom recording sessions. It wasn't the same, but at that point in time, nothing about the world was. We have completed recording 90% of Windfall Season 2, but due to the circumstances of our production not being as controlled as it was the first time around, there were a lot of hiccups along the way. Equipment malfunctions, internet dropouts, and personal tragedies plagued what was otherwise an extremely beautiful experience for our entire cast and crew. So though we're closer than we've ever been to season two, we also have no interest in rushing out a product that doesn't meet or frankly exceed our own expectations. Which brings me to why I'm here today. If you follow our team closely, you may already know about our sister show, Forgive Me. It's a sitcom set in upstate New York that follows a try-hard priest and the zany cast of parishioners he attempts, and sometimes even succeeds, to help through the Catholic confessional experience. We have two full seasons, a series of holiday specials, and even several crossovers with other podcasts under our belt. And today, we're launching an Indiegogo campaign to help fund our upcoming third season. The fact of the matter is that we are an incredibly small team with a lot of irons in the fire, both personally and professionally. And forgive me, though it's getting bigger than ever before, is a much more straightforward show to make in the short term than the sheer scope of Windfall Season 2. We're moving full steam ahead on putting this story that's so very near and dear to our hearts out into the world and plan on taking this extra time to re-record the sections of Windfall that didn't come out the way we wanted them to on our first try. All of this is to say, Windfall Season 2 is absolutely coming. We just don't have a fully clear idea of exactly when that'll be happening yet. In the meantime, if you'd like to continue to support our storytelling, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash rogue dialogue, help bring Forgive Me Season 3 to life on Indiegogo, or just keep waiting patiently for the return of our show. No matter what you decide, we'll forever be indebted to you for the support you've given us on our journey thus far. 
As for today, we'd like to share one of our favorite episodes of Forgive Me Season 1. It's called Youth Participation and stars Crystal Osborne, who you may remember as Admiral Timms from the Season 1 finale of Windfall. She's one of our favorite local actors that we've gotten to work with over the years, and we promise when Windfall returns, you'll be hearing a whole lot more from her. Without any further interruption, forgive me. Forgive me would not be possible without our generous parishioners. We'd like to thank siblings Andrew Marone and Megan Hawkins for hosting a successful altar server training seminar this past Tuesday. While we heard that many of Megan's critiques led to tears, specifically from Andrew, the children said it was a fun and helpful experience. We'd like to thank Mel Hartman for putting on another successful kitten adoption event. Father Ben's still having a bit of an allergic reaction to all the dander in his vestments, but he assures me that many lifelong friendships were made that day. Become a part of our community over at patreon.com slash roguedialogue. Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been one week since my last confession. What would you like to confess? I have to tell him. I just have to. I can't do. I can do uh, this. I can do is, this. I'm sorry. Is everything? Is, is everything all right? What? Uh, no. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, Father Ben, I, uh, I've prepared something. If if that's all right. <laughs> of, of course it is. Whatever makes you the most comfortable. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, in the presence of your grace. Via the elegant and trim Father Ben, I confess to you my sins. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, did you just call me Today, trim? I... Uh, come on, Clary, you have to do this. I, today, I want to confess the worst thing I have ever done. Lord, I am fully responsible... For my fellow bell ringers, Aiden's diarrhea accident during Christmas Mass. What? Uh, Well, I I never meant to delay in telling you this. I feel it's important that I now at least explain myself fully. Yes, yes, please. What happened with Aiden? Lord, I have prepared a reading that I feel best describes the power and energy I feel feel while playing the bells at mass. You may find this a bit on the nose, but it's important. Okay. Hear the sledges with the bells, silver bells. What a world of merriment their melody foretells. How they tinkle, tinkle, tinkle in the icy air of night. I, 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 uh, Are you reading the bells by Poe? Father, I asked if I could read from this document I had brought, and you said it was okay. No, no, it's it's fine, of course. I just... (laughs) I I can guarantee you that both God and I are very familiar with Edgar Allan Poe. All right, all right, all right. Let me continue from after the poem, then. 
why did you choose that specific piece? I know you play the bells, Claire, but what does this have to do with a ten-year-old's public bathroom accident? I thought this was anonymous! I knew you could see me through that damn screen! I should go! No, no, no. Claire, I'm really very sorry. I I didn't mean to break your right to anonymity. You come here every week at the exact same time to the minute, and I know your voice. This doesn't affect the seal of confession. Everything you say remains here between us and the Lord. All right. I'll stay. I'm glad. Now, please, what happened during Christmas Mass? Eighteen ninety-five. Do you know what that date signifies? I, I haven't been here. Rhetorical that long. question. I... The founding of this Saint Patrick's Church, December twenty-fourth, eighteen ninety-five. My grandfather, Joseph Martin, was there as part of the celebration. He felt it was important to match the joy of the occasion with music. But the church was new, so they didn't have any organ or any other means to create the appropriate overtures fitting of such a moment. So then... Except for one instrument. My grandfather took the bells off his trusty horse, Clara, and brought them into the nave of this very building. Wait, wait. Are you named after a horse? Yes. It's a proud family name. Is there something wrong with that? No, no, of course not. Grandfather began to ring Clara's bells, quietly at first, and then louder. Soon. Their tings and tangs were ringing off the walls of this building, creating a power and majesty that helped this community, and one might even venture to say, God himself knew that they were home! Really? So ringing the bells dates that far back in your family? From that day forward, not only did the people of this town want my grandfather to keep ringing the bells, But the Lord spoke to him, alerting him of his sacred duty. The classic expression, nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin bells in St. Patrick's, came from the sheer reliance on my grandfather's playing. I can't say that I've heard that expression. You haven't? I'm surprised. It's quite famous. I don't doubt it. What was it again? Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin Bells in St. Patrick's. If I'm being honest, it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, are you sure that's how it goes? What are you talking about? It it rolls right off the tongue. It It's a very popular expression. Uh, but why not something... Snappier, like, uh, nothing as swell as a Martin Bell. You don't understand. It's about the consistency as much as the quality. Bells are an ever-present part of our lives, which is why it's vitally important that their clangs create a joyful, repentant atmosphere. 
My mistake. Feel free to continue. Grandfather's bells were the church. Equal to the bricks that make these walls, or the marble of the altar. That's why this famous expression exists. Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin bells in St. Patrick's. Now you say it. Nothing as sure as hearing the beautiful Martin bells in St. Patrick's. Good, good. Grandfather rang bells until the fate of all true handbell players claimed him. What we now call Carpal Tunnel was then known as Ringer's Wrist. Towards the end of his career, my father would join him, clasping his hands around my grandfather's wrist to support them as he performed his duties. Clara, this is a beautiful story, but what does it have this to do with... This became a common sight on Sundays, and when I remember well, my father... Supporting his father, as grandfather sacrificed his body to make the holiest of music. I'd argue there is no greater symbol for this church. Wouldn't you? It definitely sounds like a special moment to witness. Clara, I want to get back to what happened with Aiden. I need you to My grandfather grew older, and one day, my father took over altogether. I'll never forget when I turned to him and said, Father, I hope to one day play the bells with you when I'm grown. That must have been a very special moment for him. Not even a little bit. The look of disdain on his face. The bells of St. Patrick's are for Martin men alone, he said to me. On that day, I, I never thought I would have the blessed opportunity, but... But as years went by, the Lord's will became clear. And your father finally came around and let you play. My father died suddenly at age 50 in 1990. I was 25 at the time and had been studying him eagerly for years, knowing one day my time would come. I'm so sorry to hear that, Clara. How did he die? What will come for everyone in our vocation. Ringer's wrist. Hold on. Are you saying your father died from carpal tunnel? Yes, the ringer's wrist. And his own arrogance. (laughs) Father knew his wrists were going, and he decided to try and change the shingles on a roof alone anyway. And it was a windy day, and he tried to hold on to something, and and, and you can put together the rest. It's tragic. That... That must have been a, a challenging, sudden loss for your family. But my gain. I took the reins at my father's own funeral. The bells filled me with such a sense of power, like, like they were part of who I was. Who I was meant to be. I have been proudly playing bells for St. Patrick's ever since keeping alive the Martin tradition and achieving my own God-given destiny. Uh, okay. Uh, a lot to unpack here. Um, Clara, do it you think that... It was the pride that I 
felt in performing that gave me the fortitude to deal with all these changes happening all around me. <sighs> First, in 1991, they installed an electric organ to play along with me. This I didn't mind, if I'm being honest. The combination of the two was still hauntingly beautiful, if a, a bit over the top, in my opinion. <laughs> then, and I'll never forget this, in 1993, the church board decided to install a parish choir like, like we're a bunch of Protestants. But did I say anything then? No. In 1995, suddenly, we begin allowing Mrs. Norris to play her trumpet during larger masses. Do you know how marginal a bell sounds next to the garish blaring of a trumpet? And yet, I still keep my mouth shut. Clara, what does any of this have to do with Aiden? I'm getting there. In 1999, St. Patrick's is afflicted with his first electric guitar. I was stunned by how the other parishioners could be so alright with my nearly indiscernible but elegant bell playing. 2004, we install a full rock band. The front man tries to get me to embrace something he called mixed percussion. I politely declined, knowing that my bell ringing would ultimately outlast their nonsense. Finally, in 2006, the band went through what I heard described as an elongated 311 phase. 311? Like the funk rock band? Regrettably, yes. Do you know how hard it is to seamlessly blend a traditional bell into into what they they call their jams? I oh. uh, I can't imagine. Well, I stayed strong and remained a professional. In 2010, sanity reigned. The church returned to some sense of normalcy and we still had the choir and the organ but Mrs. Norris had put down her trumpet years before and the band had finally broken up. St. Pat's was as it should be ringing true with the sound of Martin's bells. I imagine that was a relief for you. It was. Until of course the great old father Clem had suffered his tragic heart attack and our parish was suddenly held hostage by a beautiful young tyrant named Father Ben. Tyrant? What do you mean by that? Sorry, I, I, I didn't know I'd be confessing to you. I, Clara, I, I am literally the only priest at this church right now. I, I have taken confession from you for the past yeah. two months. You included me in your prepared uh, statement. 
I, I mean, I, I, I had a feeling it would be you, but, but since confession is about talking directly to God, I felt he had a right to know what you've done. What I've done? What did I do? Are you kidding? I've sat idly by as this church has been turned upside down and back again so many times. But never, ever, has anyone had the audacity to approve something so preposterous as youth participation. Wait, what? It's always the same story. These young parents have kids, and and those kids grow old enough to walk, and and suddenly everyone's convinced they have gold shining out their asses. So they say to the rest of us, wouldn't the church be better if we got to watch our disgusting children perform poorly instead of allowing the people who have spent literal decades perfecting the type of graceful strength required to ring a bell and do their jobs uninterrupted? Hold on. All of this is about Miss Williams asking me if Aiden could join you in playing the handbell? Yes! And before you came along, we had Father Clem. Father Clem turned down those parent requests without hesitation, defending his flock from these predatory soccer moms. But then you come along and just give I do remember that she said he's been asking her for years Uh, to participate. uh, He thinks what you do is so great. Honestly, I thought you'd be flattered that a 10-year-old looked up to you. Uh, You certainly didn't seem upset at the time. Upset? Was Caesar upset when Brutus stabbed him? Uh, No. No. He was shocked and betrayed. Shocked and betrayed. Still, I chose... To wear a smile, even with a broken heart and a knife in my back, I was going to give this new arrangement a chance. I think you're being a little overdramatic. Never! I met with young Aiden on a Wednesday evening in the church hall to practice while his mother watched. She cheered him on while he did the absolute bare minimum. He sat with his Gatorade, focused on on the bells with the, with the grace and understanding of uh, of an ape. I'm I'm sorry to hear this, Clara. I really had no clue how precious this was to you. I I would have had a larger conversation with you about it had I known. Well, you didn't, and so here I was, aghast, while he had the most beautiful of instruments and defiled them with his. Sticky, ungloved hands. The boy was barely scraping by and would clearly hold me back on Sundays. Still, it sounds like he was passionate and just wanted to learn. Besides, won't you need somebody to pass this tradition down to one day? Since you don't have children of your own, that is? What makes you assume that? Clara, Clara, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to assume. You have a child that you would want to see take this on? What? Oh. Oh, no, I don't. I... No, no, that's not the point. Uh, Got it. So, you were saying that Aiden was becoming a bit of an inconvenience? Oh, he was beyond an inconvenience. When his first Sunday rolled around, he showed up just before Mass with another Gatorade that he actually felt he could bring up to the altar. I was disgusted. And yet... Once Mass started, 
the parish in attendance was was so unreasonably moved by his unpracticed, inarguably shrill bell ringing that they felt the need to applaud in church. All because he's 10 years old. I thought that was a sweet moment. Over 30 years I've been playing the bells and not once have I received any applause. Not once have I wanted it. But now, this child comes one time and receives the, the kind of adulation that, that is supposed to be received only by God. Oh, ah, yes. Ah, I can imagine how difficult that was for you. Oh, it was beyond difficult. Yet, even with this, I stood by respectfully. I performed with this dead weight next to me and endured him receive undue praise and... And then, I saw the program for Christmas Eve Mass. Oh, I think I'm starting to see where this is going. For over a century, one family has rang the bells to signal the birth of our Lord and Savior at midnight. The Martins are the bell ringers of St. Patrick's and, in a, in a sense, are the sounds of Mary birthing the Messiah. And yet, in a program which you had full approval over, you allowed this ignorant mob of a parish to give the most sacred of solos to an inexperienced, oafish boy! It was time to give someone else a night uh, in the spotlight, don't you think? No, no, I couldn't let it happen. I couldn't. I couldn't sit by as years of sacrifice from my family were erased because a naive, approachably sexy priest wants to appease some eager parents. So I took matters into my own hands. But, uh, but things uh, went horribly wrong. Clara, what did you do to Aiden? Uh, he showed up for Christmas Mass early, uh, his trusty blue Gatorade in hand. I waited until one of his seemingly endless pee breaks and, uh, <laughs> I, um, I dosed his Gatorade with a powerful laxative. Oh, boy. Okay. My goal was simply to upset his stomach enough to send him home early. I would never have wanted him to let loose in the middle of mess. But alas, he drank the entire Gatorade and, uh, and mass approached, and I could see from the tension in his face that my plan was working, and what I didn't account for was the boy's persistence. Oh, Clara. I asked if he was all right, and he cracked a pained smile and said, Yes, ma'am, I'm excited. Thank you so much for helping me. I knew in that moment I had failed, and I had created untold damage in my wake. The rest of Mass played out in slow motion. Aiden tried to ring his bells, though he clearly had to hold back while he was trying to hold, you know, like hold it in and then hold it together, right? But then the clock came up and <clears throat> was about to strike. <clears throat> I, 
I know the rest, Clara. And I have to admit that what you've done was, frankly, rather sinister. I've heard from Aiden's mother, and apparently he's too ashamed to ever come back to church. How does that make you feel? Well, like I said, the moment that child stepped out for Mass, forehead-sweating bullets, I knew I'd sinned gravely. I was too ashamed to confess. And I have sat with this just eating away at me for the past month. Father, I ask for forgiveness, and I am willing to accept any penance. Can I ask what you actually think you've learned? Don't dose children with laxatives. No, no. Beyond that. I have to assume that if your regret was this great, you've given more consideration to the situation. Is there anything else you've come to realize? Uh, anything else I've come to realize? Uh, well, I'll be honest, I'm not sure. I mean, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I've thought about it a lot. I know I should not have done that to Aiden. Hell, I probably should have encouraged him after he was given the solo, but... But I still think it's criminal it was taken away from me in the first place. Well, it sounds like we're finally starting to be on the same page here. No, 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 you didn't let me finish. I've been coming to this church my entire life. I've never left. I waited patiently until I was an adult to have even a sniff of what Aiden has gotten at ten. These bells... These bells define who I am. And they will. Long after Aiden grows up, goes off to college, probably never even comes to Mass again. Well, I do think the main thing is that you understand that what you did to Aiden was wrong. I'm happy to absolve you of this. For penance... If you are open to it, I hope you'll consider writing a letter encouraging Aiden to come back to church and to play the bells with you again. Father, respectfully, the only thing good to come from my sins are the bells being back in their rightful hands. I, I, I don't think it benefits anyone for, for us like to let this child clumsily clang on them again. I have it on good authority that he looks up to you, Clara. Uh. I think you see this, too. The opportunity you have here is great. You can help fix the damage you clearly feel guilty about and also create a new heir to take up the Martin Bells. Maybe try extending the hand that you wish your father had extended to you? This is really an oversimplification, Father. I don't think you quite... Just give it a shot, Clara. Ugh. Fine. Uh, Clara, where are you going? You We're know, not done. You may be sexy, but the rules here are not.
is a Rogue Dialogue production. It was written and directed by Jack Marone and Bob Raimunda. Sound design, mix, and score by me, Adam Raimunda. Here's our cast. Crystal Osborne, Clara, and Casey Callahan, Father Ben. All of our graphic design comes from Sam Twardy. So, hey, did you like the show? If you did, go subscribe to it or follow it on your favorite podcast player. If you really enjoyed it, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Forgive Me is a brand new show, so every rating and review helps out a ton. You can find us on social media platforms by following at Forgive Me Show. By becoming a patron, you can get access to episodes of this show a week in advance, as well as a whole bunch of other content that we have planned out for you. We'll also shout out all of our new patrons right at the top of the episodes. This podcast is made possible by those supporters on Patreon. Money is obviously tight in 2024, lots of people. If contributing to our shows is not in the cards right now, we totally understand. But if you are in a position to join in, we would appreciate it so, so, so much. Become a patron over at patreon.com slash rogue dialogue. No matter what, thanks for listening. We'll be back in December with a new episode, so we will see you then. Bye. Think you're being a little over dramatic? You are. <laughs> well, okay then. Uh, no, okay. you times infinity. Oh, damn it! Ah! No rebuttal. The seminar didn't prepare me for this. <laughs> Got him. Got him. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The first thing you need to know about the Vegas Sci-Fi Adventure podcast is that you're not just listening to someone tell you a story. You are stepping into a world. And Vega Rex, the woman at the center of this saga, is currently sitting at the top of it. This is not by accident. For millennia, the country Vega calls home has been carefully honing the skills of its state-contracted killers, and these so-called holy warriors have gotten real good at taking down the world's worst criminals, or, as they would call it, cleansing. 400 kills into her career, Vega is the most decorated hunter there has ever been, and likely would have stayed that way if it had not been for him. An explosive encounter with the terrorist sets Vega on a path of revenge that is so thoroughly illegal that before this story is done, she will have risked it all, life, limb, and love, to satisfy her vengeance and keep her record of righteous kills perfect. My name is Ivoma Okoro, and I have so much more to tell you about this. Check out Vega, a sci-fi adventure podcast anywhere you listen to them. Because baby, I'm just getting started.